Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Hello, Cameron. Hello, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. But before we break open the bread of life, Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? I would love to. It's a pleasure. It's always an honor to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come in this room with us. Be here. Illuminate the Word. As we read the Word, bring it to life. Show us what you want us to see today. We offer our ears to hear. We offer our eyes to see the things that you have for us today. We want to taste the daily bread. So we invite you here to be with us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And now we turn again to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of his house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, we ate and drank in your company, and you taught in, your, in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. So you kind of ended it with um, from the east, west, north, south, they will recline at table in the kingdom of God. And I, it gives me a visual of what does it look like to be around a table? The scripture says, you, as in God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When we're sitting at a table, are we focused on what's going on behind us, or are we looking at the person that we're sitting with? Because when we're looking at the people, just think of your family around a dinner table, or think of an intimate meal with a best friend around a table. 
you're looking at each other. That's a time of fellowship. It's a time of intimacy. It's a time of nourishment. And he says, I'm going to prepare this table before you in the presence of your enemies. It's only when we turn around or we start looking over our shoulders or to the left and to the right that we, we change our focus from what he has designed for us. He designed for us to sit at the table and to have that relationship. As soon as we start looking over to the sides and we say, oh, I got to focus on this problem or that problem or this problem or this, he says, no, look at my eyes. Look at me. And we get to do that every day. We get to start our day in the Word of God. We get to talk to Him throughout the day. We get to invite Him into situations. That's what He wants to do. He's not going to force His way in, right? It, even, it says He stands at the door and knocks. It, then we get to make a choice. When we let Him in, His plans are so much better than our plans. It's, it's better when we get to partner with the things that he's doing, as opposed to saying, I got it all figured out. I'm going to do it my way. Well, and I love where you went, but I also look at a word. You use the word sit at a table, but that's not what it says. It says recline. That's like a total relaxation. Wow. When I sit at a table, I could be nervous or I could be, you know, stiff or I could be, you know, am I really supposed to be? No. Wow. It's like you're letting all your troubles go. And guess what? There's equality at the table. There's not a special seat. You're sitting at the table with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all of us from the North, the South, there's no regimen of, of, of superiority. We're all equals. And guess what? We're relaxed. Yes. We're reclining. We're like, whoo, I'm here with you, Lord. <laughs> I'm at peace. You're not carrying the burdens of the world anymore. It's like that time of divine intimacy begins at a table. And you're right. I pictured it as this round table because we're all looking at each other and we're holding conversations and we're relaxed, not stiff, not st stressed. So that was what I caught when you read that. I was like, ah, but that word is recline. Recline. Relax. Let go. Rest. Restore. Renew. Yeah, it's so good. Well, I'm going to jump back up to the top here uh, where it says, I tell you, we'll attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. I'll read that again. He answered them. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter what will not be strong enough. And I'm focusing on this word strong. So we're, we're a triune being. We're a body, a soul, and a spirit. You know what it looks like to be strong in your body, right? There's plenty of people, they, they're at the gym every single day. They're doing resistance training. They're working out. And their body looks a certain way because they've made it a lifestyle, we also get to do this with our spirit man. Our, our spirit, we can strengthen our spirit. How do we do those things? Well, we feed it. We feed it the right things. Are we feeding our spirit the Word of God? Are we feeding our spirit with time with the Father? Are we feeding it with uh, hearts of gratitude or times of worship or the Eucharist or the right friends, the right group of people that get to speak into your life. The idea that it's possible to not be strong enough means that this is an area of strength. It's important to focus on strength for our bodies. It's also important to focus on strength for our souls, which the idea of like your mind, your will, your emotions, right? We, we read books, we listen to podcasts, 
We do things that help our mind to grow. But we also need to focus on the strength of our spirit. What kind of nourishment are you giving your spirit? Are you feeding it the right things that it needs to be able to be stronger? Part of it is you can relate it to resistance training with weights for your for your body, right? You do resistance training for your biceps, you'll have bigger biceps. We do resistance training, like the idea that the enemy brings some opportunities to the table and we resist those things. You're a little bit stronger because you're able to go through that. And then over a period of time or, or a short period of time, it's easier to say, oh, that's not for me. That's I, No, I, I don't partake in that. How are you able to do that? Well, because I live a lifestyle of that. In the same way you look at somebody with like a, a physical physique of somebody who's going to the gym five days a week for the last 20 years, you could say, man, how is it possible you lift up that weight? Well, because this is part of my routine. You, you can't just walk in here and lift this kind of weight. We we get to look at ourselves as three in one, a body, a soul, and a spirit. And when it says to be strong enough to do something, think of what kind of endurance your internal, your spirit can withhold. What, what have you done to nourish that part of you, to strengthen that part of you? We can't ignore that part of us. You don't want a, so to speak, a million-dollar body and a five-cent spirit. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yes. You know, and as you as you were focusing on that, I focus on the word strive. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. That calls for our participation. And then I looked up what the word strive means, and it says, make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. Struggle or fight vigorously. I mean, the word strive means you got to be all in. Yes. You got to be a total participant in this, in the salvation of your soul. You got to be an active participant because below... These people knew he was Lord with yep. their lips, yep. but not their actions. That's right. The Lord, it says, you know, um, the Lord walked through, you know, he said, you know, hey, we, we, we reclined a table, you know, you were at our table and you, you walked through our villages, but they didn't listen and they didn't put it into action. They merely had lip service. So for me, I go to the book of James and the catechism of the Catholic church, faith without works, that's lip service. That's lip service. I believe in Jesus. You know, uh, and, and, and no, stop. Yeah. The devil believes in Jesus. Right. Demons believe in Jesus. They right. know he's God. <laughs> so believing with your lips is nothing. And working with all your strength, it says right up top, you won't be strong enough. If you think you can work your way into heaven, the catechism of the Catholic Church is really clear. You cannot work your way into heaven. You cannot do enough. But it's faith. Working in works of love, the action part of faith, the two together, yeah. because the others, faith and works, are both dead alone, right. but together. Yeah. So it's it's living out our faith through works of love every day. So, Lord, I want to strive every day. Without your grace, I can't do it. And, and this whole thing about strength, when I am weak, he's strong in me. So good. When I think I got the strength, the Lord's like, right, I'm going to sit over here. But you <laughs> let me know when you wear out, and I'm right here. Tag me. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Oh, man. A couple things come to mind there. This idea of striving that you're talking about, it's funny because he gives us examples of this just in everyday life. So I happen to be married. Um, so as a listener, if you're married, you can relate a little to this. If you're not, you, I think you'll have an understanding of this because, uh, yeah, you, you just see it everywhere. 
today. To be all in means I don't go home and go into the basement and shut the door and stay away from my family, right? I come home and it's hugs, it's kisses, it's, hey, good to see you. How are you? How was your day? And, and this is the idea of that's what relationship looks like. I strive to have a good relationship with my family, which means I make sure they know, not through lip service, but through my actions, that they're a priority to me. So my, my actions let them know my time, my attention, my money, my resources. This is for our family. My attention is for my family. And yes, I make mistakes. Yes, there are times where I'm physically present, but I'm mentally thinking about something else. But I think those are the times where it's almost like you get an elbow from the Holy Spirit. Hey, do you see where you're at? Remember, Remember praying for happy, healthy kids for the last few years, you know, whatever that period of time was? You're with them right now. You know, pay attention to what you're doing. Your kid is showing you a grasshopper. This is awesome. This is the, this is the most important thing in his day today. Let's celebrate it. Let's the idea of being present while you're there. Um, yeah, it, it takes some striving. It takes some effort. But it would not be okay for me to say to one of my kids, "Hey, you're important to me. You love me," and then not talk to him for another year. That that seems crazy, right? But we get to have that same relationship with God. Hey God, I talked to you the last time I went through that big thing, and I got it. I got it today. I got it this week. I got it this month. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you if something else big comes up. No, that's not how it works. He wants to be a part of every day. He wants to be a part of your commute to work, your time at work, your time talking with friends. He wants to be a part of your meal. Invite him into those things. Yeah. You know, and I look at this sentence after the master of the house has arisen and lock the door. Then you will stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. You see, this moment in time is at the end of our lives. Because during our entire life, the Lord is always pursuing us relentlessly. He is standing, knocking on the door of our hearts. Invite him in. Invite me in. He's asking us, let me heal the wounds. Let me, let me, let me, let me mend the, 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 issues in your life. He's knocking. He doesn't give up. But you have a choice your whole life to let him in or not. But at the end of your life, when you've made the final choice, the door is locked. The door to your heart. And the Jesus is on the other side. And that's when you cry out with your lips, you know, Lord, open the door for us. Lord's like, I knocked your whole life. I put churches all over your town and you drove by me. I put Bibles in hotels and everywhere else and you didn't read me. I put people in your life to tell you truth and you didn't listen and put it into action. I was on the television stations as you went by, but you chose another channel. Your whole life you were given choices to let me in. At the end of the day, you made your life's choices throughout your entire life. And so now, I don't know you. I don't know where you're from. You never let me in. You see, our time here on earth is an opportunity for us to invite the Lord into our hearts, to live out his love through our lives. 
We make those choices every day. You want to be Jesus' disciple? He says three things. Deny yourself. It's not about you. Live a life that's other-centered. Love others. Pick up your cross. We, We all have crosses. Don't just pick it up. Embrace it. Because it's through the cross we're formed more perfectly into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And then follow Jesus. Don't run on your own. Follow Jesus. And the word comes after that daily. So ladies and gentlemen, don't miss the opportunity. Because when Jesus responds, I do not know where you are from. He doesn't know you. You never left him in. He knows you intimately, but you never let him in. You really don't know him. You've heard of him. He was in your company. You didn't listen. You didn't put love into action. So let's all make our choice today and be all in, all in for the Lord. Yeah, so good. And and part of the end of that is, says, we ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. I don't want to be able to say, you taught things in my streets. I want to say, I learned things in your presence. The idea of a teacher can be up there teaching, but if you're if you're not dialed in, if if you're not if you're checked out, you're not learning anything. And and, and part of it, if Jesus is teaching something and you're learning something, then your life has changed. You, you, you're not the same person that you were before. And the beginning of this says Jesus passed through towns, villages, teaching as he went, making his way to Jerusalem. The idea of as he went, it it makes me picture Jesus. He is teaching these people on his way to the cross. He he has this understanding of, I'm on a journey to go from here to there, and and what is there is the cross. And and it says, for the joy set before him, he he endured the cross. And the idea that that's us. We are the reason that he took on that anguishing pain. And even this scripture verse starts off with, as he went, he, he was on a mission. He was going somewhere. He, he, had a, he had a destiny on his life here on earth, right? Fully God, fully human. I understand that as much as I can, but he was going somewhere and I think we need to keep that realization. If you put a, if you put a dot on the other side of the room, and you were walking towards it, yeah, you might have to maneuver around some chairs or some tables or some things in the room. But we need to focus on the right things. We need to be walking in the right direction. The idea that he could have these conversations with people as he went, he he it didn't change where he was going. I think we need to keep that in mind for ourselves. What is my trajectory? Where am I going? It's important. Absolutely. And again, back to teaching. Do we realize that Jesus is teaching us every day through our life experiences? They're called parables. That's how Jesus taught then. It's how he teaches now. So for me, I just went went, went through one yesterday on a very difficult meeting where, where a man didn't do his job and really cost me a, a lot of reputation, a lot of money in our company. And my management team and I got together and he was going to be terminated. But we sought first to understand. So we had his, his supervisor come in and share with us his understanding. And he put some 
perspectives on it we didn't see. And so the manager chose to lay down his life and say, put it, put it on me. I take responsibility. So we ended up, we didn't terminate the man. But the Lord then showed me this morning, you know, David, I gave you a lot of chances and I forgave you a whole lot more. Do you have it in your heart to forgive him and give him another chance? Make it clear the consequences of his future choices, and then you're not going to have to fire him. Because if he chooses to make those choices again, that cost you, cost the company, then he's, he's ended his own job. And I'm like, wow, Lord, that's really profound. Or do we have that kind of love and mercy, justice and grace that Jesus does? I don't. But I want to learn it, Lord. Teach me. So he takes me through these journeys to grow me spiritually, to grow my heart in truth and love. Love can be tough love. You can't divide truth and love because they're both Christ. But man, the journey is not just about this man's growth, but about my growth. So ladies and gentlemen, as you you go through your life experiences, put a mirror in front of you and ask the first question, what do you want to teach me? That's what the apostles did. They would say, say, hey, Jesus, what does this parable mean? And then Jesus would break it open for them. So from, you know, don't think you know everything. Ask the Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And then in the silence, listen. And it's like, wow. When he reveals it to you, you're like, whoa, I never saw that one. I know he revealed that to me this morning. I'm like, oh my, you know, Lord, you forgave me a whole lot of stuff, Lord. A lot worse than this. Uh-huh. And so what are you going to do? Isn't there a Bible story about a guy that the Lord forgave a lot? Yep. Then he went out and beat the other guy up, threw him in jail to get a little bit? Yep. Yeah, so we got to be careful. God is always wanting to test us. Why? To continue to stretch our love so that we become vessels of his love in the world, his message. And we're joined with God. We're commissioned, joined with the work of Christ. We think the work of Christ is over. It was done. Salvation of souls is over. No, 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 no. It continues through each and every one of us. Jesus gave his ultimate price, his life, for the salvation of all human souls. However, those souls have to make a choice, yes or no. There's no maybe. That's right. It's a yes or no. Yep. And so for me, when you realize your co-mission, joining the mission of Christ, number one, for your own soul, that's the strive, work hard, you know what I mean, to be that vessel of love in the world, and then you're joined with Christ in the mission of the salvation of other souls. It's through your actions, your words, your life's example. When you get that, that's the great adventure of life that God has us on. That's the commissioned mission of Christ in through and with us and our yes. That's so good. And the idea of choices, uh, it was it was God's idea, right? He, he's the one that planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. He, he didn't want us to be robots. He wanted us to have a choice eat from this or eat from this. It's up to you. This is what's better. This is how you're designed. And we have choices every day. I think we need to find out from the Lord, Lord, what are the things that you would have me choose? The idea of just getting away, like Jesus didn't say, here's what you should do. You should just live on the other side of the garden. He, He said, this is the way I designed it. This is what's best for you. But I'm going to put this tree here so that you always have a choice. If we didn't have a choice, you couldn't call it love. Love requires free will. Love requires a choice. And the idea of 
we get to choose a lot of things, right? We get to choose where we spend our time. We get to choose who we spend our time with. We get to choose the things that come into us. We get to choose the words, different things that come out of us. Um, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, I was reflecting and thinking, you know, as a Catholic, we choose to include Mary. And people come up to me and say, what are you guys doing? You know, it's just Jesus. What are you doing using Mary? And then when I answer their question, I say, well, because it's biblical. What do you mean? Well, God the Father didn't blink Jesus into the earth, or Jesus didn't just appear here to save everybody. God the Father chose to use his precious daughter Mary to be the vessel to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit through the gift of God to have, do what? Give the flesh to Jesus Christ that the Son of Man would come to this earth, be united with all humanity, and he would share his divinity with us. So for me, including Mary in this journey that we're commissioned with Christ is biblical. And I think it's so important for us as Catholics, read the Word of God, learn from our brothers and sisters who are Catholic, know the Word of God in our hearts, and live it out. Because when you're asked the question, you need to know the answer biblically. So for me, the more I dive into the Bible, the more I hear the Word of God, the more I learn in my heart, then when I'm asked a question, a tough question, the answer is easy. I go right to the Bible. Because it's the Word of God that doesn't come back void. Not my opinion, not what the church teaches, you know, is what I think they teach. Right. Where is it biblically? And go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It has it all. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be vessels of God's love in this world. Let's say our yes. Let's strive. Work hard every day. Deny yourself. Every act of love, act of kindness is that expression of God's love. And let's be the world changers that God created us to be. God bless each and every one of you. Be the lights in the world that this world so desperately needs. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Stewardship, a mission of faith is excited to announce the details of a -a one-of-a-kind conference held at the historic Star Barn Village in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, September 14th and 15th. It's time to wake up and stand on biblical truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14 remind us to be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Your every act should be done with love. 
nationally known speakers Dr. Bill Lyle, the pro-life doctor, and Dr. Tim Clinton, executive director of the James Dobson Family Institute, will deliver messages that are countercultural. They are joined by Father John Clote from the Diocese of Phoenix, Devin Schott from the Fathers of St. Joseph, and several others. Don't miss this amazing event. For tickets and information, please visit stewardshipconference.org or call us at 717-367-0100, that's stewardshipconference.org, or 717-367-0100.